Escaping the Odds podcast is a movement of freedom in the physical and financial sense. We highlight people who bounce back from prison by switching hustles and a mindset. See, business has always been a part of my DNA. I just went about it the wrong way, which sent me to federal prison for nine years. I'm bringing out dope stories of triumph that's meant to inspire and educate to take you to the next level. And no matter where we come from or come from under, we can set ourselves free and escape the odds. What's up, y'all? Thank y'all for tuning in to Escaping the Odds. I'm your host, Aaron Smith. We got some dope stories for y'all today. Formerly incarcerated men and women who are now entrepreneurs. Let's get it. Thank you all for all of the support. Escaping the Odds, really, really, really appreciate it. But I would really appreciate if you all continue to subscribe and review. Review, review, review my podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, especially Apple. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, Anchor.fm. I'm trying to shoot it to the moon, y'all. Let's get these stories out here. Escaping the Odds. Opportunities over penitentiaries. We continuing to unlock freedom. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Aaron Smith, the host of Escaping the Odds. Today, I have a good buddy of mine, um, Coach Tony. Right pretty much, man, he has. He's the CEO of Kenship Village and the founder of Safe and Sound Nonprofit. This brother got a whole lot going on. So, our, our goal today is to unpack it, unpack it all, and basically uh, give you all the lowdown to what he got going on in the community. From on the west side of Chicago. What's going on, Coach? Man, not much, much, bro. Uh, man, glad you got me on the show, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, bro. All right, man. So, um, as you know, man, Escaping the Odds, what we like to do here is interview guys like you and I, formerly incarcerated, who's making a difference in the community, whether it's doing non for profit or you got an entrepreneur, some kind of entrepreneur endeavor. Um, looks like you got both going on, which is a good thing. Um, so, let's first talk about. Yo, involvement in the criminal justice system, like, like, how did that happen? Give a little backstory of who you are, where you're from, and kind of how you got caught up and entangled inside the system. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, and like you said, from the West Side, born and raised, um, you know, at an early age, 13, I found myself homeless, living on the street. Uh, my mother, after my mother figure was uh, murdered in front of me, um, you know, so after bouncing around here and there, uh, I did like a lot of young black boys and just, you know, kind of took to the street as a way to try to get myself out of it. So, uh, you know, just really submersing myself uh, into that life um, led me to, to to years and years and a series of uh, bad decisions. Right. You know? Okay. So uh, some of those bad decisions led you to incarceration, right? So what was your first, first stint? What was that like and what, what did you end up? Going down for, um, man. The, the first, my first, uh, I had a, I had a love for, for, for two things: selling drugs and guns. Um, I think the guns uh, came from selling drugs. It, it became a requirement of the, of the, of the job, right? Um, 
So that that first one I ended up getting um first one I think I got five years. Um nineteen, but it was, since it was my first time, I had like three cases kept kind of bonding out, catching another case, bonding out. Uh but then my lawyer ended up working out me some uh some boot camp. Some boot camp on that one. Uh, after that, my next my next joint was uh, eight years in uh, Mount Sterling, Max. Talk uh, about that. So uh, that was that was different, man. That was different. Um, after you know, in and out the county, and, and that was your first bit going to the Max joint. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At nineteen years old. At uh, uh, well, I hit that one at twenty two. I was at okay. twenty two. Still young though. Yeah, still young. Still uh, uh you Probably know, got hell on your face. Yeah, you know, I was I was a baby. <laughs> I was right. a baby, and uh, a lot I ain't know. A lot I ain't know, man. I can remember. Uh, my celly, uh, my celly had life, right? Um, um, you know, brother named Khalif. They uh called him the Cabrini Green Sniper. Uh, he had killed a bunch of people shooting off the out the projects off the off the roof or whatnot. And uh, you know, man, I could just remember when I'm getting there. You know, I'm thinking, you know, I'm I'm tough. You know, I wish somebody would. You know what I mean? Um, but then getting around his brother, it, it hit me. You know, like man, cause we we didn't see eye to eye at first, but um, you know, it. I really had to humble myself. Um, you know, when I realized, you know, this man ain't never going home. It's home to him. So right. cleaning up the cell is different. Exactly. You know what I mean? Organization of where things go was different. You know, routines. You know, a lot of that. You Give know, them time in the cell. And, yeah, all definitely. yeah, all of that. You know what I mean? So, you know. Um, you know, it was different. It was different. You know, people, um, you know, had a different way of thinking in terms of relationships after they'd been locked up 20 years, 25, and still got 40 to go. Mm. You know? Uh, so so what, what you mean by that, like, far as the relationships, of a different viewpoint? Well, you know, it was different, right? So, you know, if I, uh, you know, if I'm in a day room or, you know, and I'm on the phone, uh, like I said, I ain't, I think I had a... Uh, at an eight piece, right? So, uh, but I knew I was coming home. I knew I was. I had an out date, right? right? A lot of people didn't have no out dates, or they it was looking like twenty forty, twenty fifty, you know, right. for their out dates, right? So if I'm in a day room, and you know I'm on the phone, I'm talking to my girl, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, send me some pictures or send me a few dollars, this, that, and the other. Um, you know, so it, it's easy to forget that a guy walking past you. Or a guy that's hearing your conversation, uh, he might not have talked to you know his girl then left fifteen years ago, right. right? Or you know his his people, his mama, you know, then died while you in there, right? right? You done lost your loved ones, they didn't passed on, or they didn't gave up on you, or you know all that, uh, or even the appeal process, you know, it's a lot of lot of brothers, um, you know, uh, you know might. You know, they got 60, 70 years, and they going, now they got facing years of appeals, uh, which is different. You can't, yeah. you can't contact your lawyer. Yeah. You can't get people to move around and so, do what So you basically, need. it'll create some kind of animosity. It do. It okay. do. It do. A lot of people, uh, uh, you know, they're they going to look at you different. Yeah. You know, they're going to look at you different, you know. And I don't think, um, you know, sometimes they don't even realize it. it it's, it's subconscious. You know, it's just a, a sub subconscious uh, hatred, you know. Um, you know, which made me, you know, I had a lot of people 
that I was uh, connected to in the penitentiary. Um, a lot of people I knew from the street, you know, uh, I said it was, was uh, selling dope, gang banging involved in a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, I had a, had a decent name, you know what I'm saying? So I had, I had guys and homies that was down there who, who also had that type of time. Uh, and they whole thing was like, yo, don't work. Just do what you got to do, man. And, and, and we're going to get you up out of here. You know, so and I appreciated him for it. Right, appreciated him for it. So, but going going back to society, though, right? It sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. that there was really no preparation for any kind of change when you got out, right? No, absolutely Whoa. not. Absolutely not. Um, you know, cause so it, it was it was back to it was back to square one, back was, to what I know, right? It was it was it was instantly back okay. back to what I know, right? So how how long before when you got out? Because I've seen this before. Dudes in they state boots, they hustling literally. Yeah, just, oh yeah. Just got off the bus, and they still got on they they, they black boots and black jacket, and it's like, man, yeah. you ain't even you, you ain't even figured it out yet. It's, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy, bro. So how so how how soon was it before you jumped back down in the game? So I ain't you got had out? that kind of that kind of pressure. Uh, uh, I was lucky, you know, but um, but it was quick. You yeah. know, it was quick. Um, you know, you come home. And, you know, I, I might have a room, at, you know, I still got a room in my mama room, crib I could slide into, yeah. you know, and, and try to get myself settled. Um, you know, you when you first come home, you got, you know, you got your girl, you got, you know, a few people who, who missed you. They might say, okay, I'm going to buy you a pair of shoes. I'm going to throw you $50. I'm going to yeah. do this. That's going to wear off, though. It's, it's going to wear off. It's going to wear off. I don't, you know, I tell people, man, I don't care how much somebody love you. You know, it can be your mama, your auntie, your cousin. You know, uh, you know, you might have a good month. Once they, the first time they pay their rent by themselves, yeah. and you still on the couch, it's, it's a problem. A problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I got up and got right to it. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So you felt like that was the only choice you had. It was, it was all I knew, man. All you knew, okay. And then you know what? Here go the thing, right? Too that 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 I want people to understand, right? Um. Uh, being connected to stuff and being connected to other people is important. It's been important since the beginning of time, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's why people hunted in packs, right? But the same mentality that connects a mason to his lodge, uh, a, a sister in college to her sorority, right. a brother to his fraternity, or a Christian to their church, exactly. is is the same psychology that connects somebody in the street to their clique or to their gang or to their circle. That's right? a great way of putting that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is and it's is real. And a yeah. lot of people don't understand that. So when you when you trying to um, you know, talk to somebody, like let's say you might have a nephew or, or little cousin and you're trying to pull them up out the street, you might say, Yeah, you need to do this, you need to do that. But first, I would challenge you to keep in mind that it's almost as difficult is telling somebody they need to lead a church. Mm. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. first you got to, it's so much stuff that you got to understand before you even approach that situation, right? Because right? 
Cause you, cause people literally, I don't. That's how I felt. I felt like this is, this is what I got. You know what I'm saying? Some of these guys snakes. Mm-hmm. Some of them I can't, I can't trust in my career. Right. But you knew that came with the game. It though. came with it. Right. I, you, I you didn't expect anything you know different. What I mean? Yeah, cause you know, for all I know, a couple of them probably looked at me like that. Right. Like you know, hey, Tone just came home. We gonna give him a minute for he get on his feet before right. we invite him back. I don't know what. He, Let me ask you this: Should have they thought like that about you? In a lot of cases. Yeah. In a lot of cases. Okay. Yeah. A lot of cases, um, you know, uh, man, we, you know, we, I grew up in a time, man, where, um, you know, loyalty went a long way, right? But was it really loyalty though? It wasn't, it, it <laughs> wasn't, it wasn't really low. You know, it, you know, I'll, I'll go by this, it's a turn, right? It took me a while to really realize that sitting locked up and just replaying my whole life, right? I like to say there's no honor among thieves, Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely. You know what you signed up for. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what you signed up for. Now, you know, it, it, that don't mean that they ain't, you, they ain't exceptions to the rules. Right. right? No you doubt. You always find people that you bond with and you right. say, hey, this is the way that you and I rock. Yeah. You know, and and, and, and them relationships you're going to kind of cherish, right? right? But, but overall. Overall, I didn't had, I didn't had, I didn't had relationships that somebody else might not think is healthy, mm-hmm. but- well, I know this is a. Hey, this is what we do. You know what I mean? Like I can't. If you if if you got and these for the young guys, right? If you get, if you a young brother and you say I'm a I'm a killer, right? Right? And my man's is killers, right? Well, you gotta also take on every other character trait that come with that. That that's the paranoia. That's the mistrust. That's the. Um, Self-preservation at, by any means, mm-hmm. right? So you you know you signed up for that. So as soon as your man do something you don't agree with, that don't make him less your man. You know what I'm saying? You just got to adjust and learn how to watch and prepare and and and, and you know kind of prepare for certain things. Right. You know. So when your girl is saying, "I don't know why you you know keep messing with that dude," well, she don't understand that this you know this what you signed up for. Right. You know what I mean, uh, and that's and that's why I was with it. That's why I was with it in the streets. So it was just easy. It was like second nature to go back. You right. know. So when was that that time where you said, "Man, I can't do this no more"? Like so, this, this ain't where it said was. Did that happen while you were incarcerated, or while you were out on the streets? You just kind of like, "I'm fed up. I can't so, do it." So I think the seed got planted while I was incarcerated. Okay. Um, and that was, I was in my thirties then. Um, but I, I can remember, I can remember, man, one of my homies and I, and today I'm still, I'm calling him my homie. Right. But I can remember we had just, it was a whole bunch of mess and, uh, he had came and hollered at me. He's like, yo, you know, like, man, you my only, my only friend, you know? And, uh, you know, he was being sincere and, uh, you know, we was eating together, going, you know, moving around the, the joint together and all that. And, uh, but for some reason, when he said it to me that day, it hit me. I said, D- D- we ain't friends. You know what I mean? Like, we we socialize and it's beneficial to both of us to kind of look out for each other and make sure we eating and make sure we cool. And, make, you know, I said, but it, that day, it, it just hit me. Like, yo, you know, I got real people on the street that love me, that miss me, and, and this can't be life. You right. know what I mean? This can't be life. But uh, I, I I ended up 
same way, didn't really know uh, what else to do, you know, and uh, and went right back. Um, and went right back, man. I started um uh, started back hustling, uh, selling dope, and um and just life just had started hitting me in the mouth. It was you know, and cause it, I think after that epiphany in jail, I started internalizing everything that was taking place around me a little bit differently. Uh, my little cousin got killed on a, a spot where, you know, he was out there, you know, hustling for me. Um, you know, my other homie, you know, while we was, who was running together and trying to, you know, retaliate and do all of that. The police ended up killing him, shooting him in the back. Uh, another one of my homies got, you know, uh, caught a murder and attempt. And, um, so your world is crashing around. It was just crashing around me, right. you know, and I, I was faced with either, either, you know, either death and, or, 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 or the penitentiary with them football numbers right. that, that I, that I started off seeing people with. And, uh, for the first time ever, you know, I, 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 I didn't want it. You right. know what I mean? Well, I used to be like, hey, it, this is what it is. It comes yeah. with it. First time I decided, like, no, but this, you, ain't, this ain't for me. You met somebody. Yeah. It's uh, kind of changed the way you view things. It kind of gave you a, not an ultimatum, but pretty much kind of like, okay, this is this is what it is, right? Yeah. This pointed you in the yeah. right direction, so to speak. Man, so, man, um, uh, I, I I never forget the day, man. I, I, I parked. Uh, and uh, went to the liquor store, man, stood up under the train tracks and just jumped on the train, jumped off downtown and uh, walked into school, Harold Washington College, and uh, didn't know what I was going to do or none of that. And I uh, met this guy, everything that I was afraid of, man, you know, 6'3", white guy from the UK, talked funny, you mm -hmm. know. You know, uh, alternative lifestyle. You know, right. I I ain't know what was going on, right? right. Uh, all my biggest fears in one. But he asked me. He say, um, you know, hey, you know, can I help you? You know, what's happening? I say, uh, you know, I, I need to get in school. He say, well, for what? What you what you want to register? If I could help you out, I say, I don't know. I tell, and I and I don't know why. What compelled me to kind of keep it real with him? Um, you know, because I, growing up, I wasn't accustomed to saying I needed help. Or I didn't know. You know what I mean? But I said, yo, I can't I can't go back in the street. And uh, he asked me, he said, well, you know, what, let me ask you a question. What what are you willing to do uh, for free? Right? What would you do? And I was like, man, nothing. You know, I, he's like, okay, I'm going to let you think about it. He left me alone for about an hour. I come back. You know, he come back to me. And uh, I told him, I said, man, the only thing I can see doing with my life for free is helping another young person not go through what I've been through for the past 25 years. I was tired. Right. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he said, you in luck. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the chair of uh, the Social Work Youth Development Department. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm going to show you how to navigate and, and get to it, and we're going to make sure you find something else to do with your life. Okay, so that's so that's that's where it started, man. Yeah. But on top of that, you hold a unique position, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It was a position that you, you kind of created from your from your own experiences in the streets. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that, man. I think that's really, it's really uh, creative, man. I like, that just kind of goes to show you, man, like, guys in the streets, we, we can be creative. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and I think the process, right? So to be able to to take the things, your experiences, and say, hey, okay, I'm going to package this up. Right. And right. I'm going to provide this thing as a service. So okay. let's let us let us go into that, man. Let's yeah, break that yeah, down, yeah. man. I think the audience really uh, uh dig That's this. That's what's up. That's what's up. So uh man, so when I when I when I first got out of school, I tried to get out here. I, I went to all these not for profits and you know, I was trying to get placed and my background kept stopping me. And uh so I went to this um, you know, I got connected with this housing developer. And uh, where everybody in the neighborhood was just, it was just nuts, you know, six, seven shootings a month, you know, it was just crazy. And they ain't know what to do with the young people over there. So, uh, man, I ended up going to the company and said, look, tell you what, I know I can speak their language. Let me get out here, see what's going on. And uh, I started doing like conflict resolution, you know, gang mediation, all that type of stuff. But uh, I ended up creating a, a job description. And I went to the company and said, look, um, you know, all the issues that y'all having with burglaries, with this, with that, um, I got a plan for, 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 for decreasing, um, you know, that, that activity, right? Um, and, and here's how it works. I'm going to show y'all how to deter crime, get people to not do certain stuff. Um, but in exchange, I need y'all to fund the programs that I need to push guys into. So you got a double bubble situation, two Absolutely. and one, so to speak. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You know, my I mean, my uh, my my heart was the people in the street, right? My heart was, but I had to I had to figure out how to eat though too, mm-hmm. uh, without being still being that person, right? So, um, so I look for I took what I had learned and what came natural my entire life. And, you know, and I, and I literally, and I, I always use the term, you know, I took it from the, from the, from the concrete to the carpet. Right. So I, I go to the company and I say, look, you know, um, these issues that you having with this, you know, change this, right. Do some light in here, do it, get, you know, start a resident group, do a beautification cleanup. Can't nobody have the drugs in empty Newport boxes if, if the ground clean, right? Okay. Can't nobody, ain't nobody going to want to stand Small but effective. Small but effective, you know, because it was, I knew all the stuff and all the elements um, that I looked for, mm, right? right. When, I, when I looked for an opportunity to uh, do something destructive or negative, you know, there were certain things that needed to be in place. Exactly. So yeah. I just went there and said, hey, I'm going to show you how to remove those things. Right. You Let's know talk what I mean? about that burglary, preventing burglaries. Yeah. Like something that you did was kind of unique. Yeah, so that was that was one of the um, the first big, big things um, or big kind of workshops that I had crafted and trainings I crafted in uh, Seoul. Um, you know, it was a neighborhood that was having a lot of burglaries. Um, burglaries were at an all-time high. Uh, police was having problems stopping it. The, the property managers didn't know what to do, and everybody in the neighborhood was scared. It was know? basically kicking in the door. They was just kicking in doors, breaking in, you know, robbing people. And, um, you know, so I went, and I said, well, look, i tell you what. First thing I'm going to need is a certain amount of time. I need to go to every property where all these are happening, every house. I need to look at the yards, look at the, the environment, look at the door, examining myself, all of that. If y'all got pictures, let me, you know. So they said, okay, well, we're going to give it to you. You do what you got to do. So spent a spent 
decent amount of time moving around, analyzing all of that. And uh, came back with something simple, you know, uh, you know, based off my own experiences. Um, but I came back and I said, well, look, you know, people pushing these doors in uh, because they swing inward, right? That's gonna, we're going to take the That's hinges the traditional off. way, though. That's the traditional way. Right. But it's not a... But in most cases, you got some situations based off how a building is made or based off as if it's a senior property, you know, that type of thing, uh, where you got fire codes that might say you have to do this, right? Based off how much room, and I didn't I didn't notice at the time, I ended up learning it, right? Based on how much room um, around the entryway. But for the most part, especially if you're a homeowner, you can easily flip it, right? So we took, we started taking doors off and, um, and, and, and flipping them around. So, so now they opened outward, mm-hmm. right? Once you did that, you significantly reduced the, um, you know, the opportunity. A lot of crimes is crimes of opportunity. You said you, you reduce the opportunity for somebody, uh, uh, to do this crime, right? Uh, commit this certain crime. And what happened, man, uh, not only did the, the crime go down, um, but I was introduced to something else, right? I was introduced to the bottom line of a company, right? The cost of replacing a $200 door, $300 door, plus the cost of two maintenance guys that got to go out there and work on it for two hours, whatever they getting paid, plus Mm -hmm. the cost of uh, your insurance premiums that, that the company paying going up and shooting up, skyrocketing, you know, or and, and then then all of those factors lend into the need for another armed security contract or cameras. It was called it, it, man. We talking about we talking about millions. You right. know? So so knowing all that information, did you utilize that when you presented to different property developers or, or property management companies, saying, okay, I I understand that when this happens, that affects the bottom line. And if you bring me in, I can oh, minimize that those absolutely. issues. Okay. Absolutely. I mean that was something I that was something I learned. Um I mean that was a skill I learned in the street, right? Okay. Uh years and years ago. I was still a kid. Um you you learn how to speak to the needs of the specific person, right? So or entity. So, you know, I'm, I might be talking to you. You might need one thing. Well, once I figure out what that is, that's what I'm going to speak to because that's what's important to you. So so do, do you agree that that most people don't know what they want until it's presented to oh, them? Oh, absolutely. That's my mantra. I, don't, I, I wholeheartedly believe most people don't know what they want or what they need. You got to tell them. Okay, right. and, and you found that to be with these property management companies? Absolutely. Okay, so Absolutely. you travel all over the United States pretty much training different property management companies on how to basically minimize their risk or, or, or manage their risk as it relates to safety and Things yep. of that nature. As, as it relates to safety and uh, risk management. Uh, okay. But that's absolutely true. I'm um, I'm primarily in Chicago uh, uh, working with multiple properties across the city of Chicago and suburbs. Uh, but I also... I'm also working with properties in New York, uh, you know, Cincinnati, uh, on you know other properties on the East Coast, all over. Um, but it's it's because I got a I got a, a, a community approach, right? So it's not just the property management company. 
when I go to a city, I go, I pull, you know, I put everybody on blast, right? I bring everybody to the table to say, look, when I'm gone, this is what y'all do to, to get it rolling. So I bring in all the community organizations. I bring in the police. I bring, if they got security companies, I bring them in, um, you know, churches, everybody. And I say, look, this is, for this to work, everybody got to lean in a little bit. But like I said, I speak to ev- the needs of everybody. Who want to see the crime go down? The police. Who want to feel safe? The residents. Who got the resources or the connections to um, to work with the people who are committing crimes or might be battling with addiction? The organizations. Mm. Who want to save money and keep residents happy so they paying their rent? Property, Property management. management. You know what I mean? It all come down to the it bottom line. Come, it all come down to the bottom line. Let me ask you this question. Um, so for someone who's listening, how do you find value basically in your experience as you've done and provide that as a service? Um, first of all, I think um, there's this myth, right, that once you've been, um, once you've gone to prison, right, um, that there's nothing that you can do after that, right? Uh, you know, because, and, and it comes from a real place, right? You might get rejected from different jobs, you know, whatnot, and, you know, opportunities are slim. Um, but but that don't mean it's over with, right? So the first thing, the first thing you got to kind of tell yourself and come to terms with is, is, is understanding that you are valuable, Right, because you got a you you got game and you got knowledge and understanding of the world that most people don't have, but you got to accept that and and tap into what it is you do know, right? And then be willing to speak on it, and then be willing to say, "No, nah, I got something you ain't got," and, and but you can get it. <laughs> but but you gotta you gotta accept who you are. You might not like it, you know, when you take a when you take a real good look at who you are and your experiences and what you've been through, you, you know, it, you might not like it. Ain't no guarantee it. But once you do, and then you, you, and you, and you realize what you're worth, you can start putting a number to it. You know what I mean? And that's the name of the game. Okay. And, and that number, speaking of numbers, right, a position like yours, right, if you were to contract out, like what kind of numbers can, can you think property management will accept? Because at the end of the day, you're really... Um, Helping their bottom line. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with a position like that, if I'm listening, I say, wow, you know, I got some of those same experiences. And I know I can go in and, and speak with some of these property management and try to reduce crime and, and manage the risk of their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like what what kind of numbers can I throw out to them where it's kind of fair for everyone around the board? So uh, I'm going to tell you, so when I first started doing this eight years ago, um, I was, I was flat out playing myself, right? Okay. I thought I was sharp too. Uh, <laughs> uh, my first contract, uh, they said, well, how much you want per hour? I ain't know no better, and they knew it, right? I said, well, give me give me $20 an hour. Yeah. They like, we'll give you 17 I said, bet. <laughs> Let me get that, right? right? I ain't know no better, right? Uh, and I worked that for a while. Uh, I got into a school and started doing um, peace circles. Somebody brought me in on it. And um, for the first time, I got a real check. It was giving me $30, 32 50 an hour, right? 
even then I was kind of getting played because I didn't know the people that brought me in was getting 65. They would just give me a half a check, right? Um, um, But then the more I learned, I started realizing, I started really thinking about what what I save, what I save people, right? Um, You know, and what I I do, what value you bring. Most people think about value in terms of they minimalize things, right? So with the burglary example, if I say, hey, let me show you how to, um, you know, slow down burglary, right? I might say, okay, well, last month they had to replace six doors, right? And I could say, okay, well, each door costs 200 and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other. I might come up with a number for 3000 right? But I got to realize, well, what I just told them is going to help them from here to the end of time, right? And it's easy, easily replicated at every property they own or they ever manage from now on, right? So you can say three, uh, I might have saved them 3000 that month, right? You multiply that times 12 months for multiply one property. The properties and then you, everywhere. And then you multiply it by 20 more properties. Right. And then you add, and then you get that number and you multiply it by the next 20 to 25 years. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then you can start seeing the value of what's happening. You know what I mean? Then you can start, you know, so then you ain't got to be afraid to say, hey, this is my number. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my number. Uh, now I I, I did uh, my first time stepping out away from the, the company and uh, going to my own thing. I You know, I was just getting my feet wet on a different level. And, uh, you know, I told, I told the company, uh, you know, I ain't gonna name who it was, but flat out I said, "Well, look, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna t- need to take a look at your property. Right? right? I need to do an assessment." They asked me what I charged, and I said, well, "150 an hour. You, you know, we're gonna start off at six hours, and um, if I need more time, I'll let you know." Right. And of course, you need more time. Uh, absolutely, right. absolutely. <laughs> you had a big property. Right. <laughs> <laughs> had to be thorough, man. Right. Right. Get these people what they're looking for. Exactly. You know? Right. So um, you, you also, because we, we run out of time a little bit. Um, you yeah, also yeah. have a nonprofit called Safe and Sound. Yes, sir. Yes, not, sir. Before, right? When I heard the word nonprofit, I automatically think ain't no money in it. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's not for profit. Right. Can right? be further from the truth. So break break that down. Like how does that exactly what is it that your company does, organization yeah. does? And I know there's a connection with the um the other your company that you work with yeah. as well, which I thought was unique to kind of combine those two. Yeah. But to also kind of just break down like like the ins and outs of a not for profit. Like if I wanted to start one organization, like what are some of the things yeah. I would need to to kind of start? So 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 first of all, a not-for-profit uh, um, the designation or, or label, right? That category of business is is based on um, just the the IRS tax category, right? That right. says, hey, we're gonna give you certain breaks because you are value to the community, right? Um, so you know, so you start with passion. What do you want to do, right? Hey, and you go after that. But the myth that that there's no money or there's no checks in not for profit is not true, right? Um, because anytime you 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 write a grant or you know you you create salaries, what people don't understand is 
the difference with a not-for-profit and a for-profit is a for-profit, there's no cap. However much money your business make, you can make that, you can pay yourself, you can use it. With a not-for-profit, you just have to declare how much you're going to pay yourself up front, right? You can adjust it the next year, okay. you know, based off what you understand you bring in. You just have to declare it up front. Now, you couldn't pay yourself $250,000 because I feel like that's what I'm worth. Like, there has to be some kind of a, um, like, reason behind well, it, or, or does it? Well, no, nah, I don't. Um, okay. You know, when you look at... Um, you know, and and unfortunately, there's some not for profits that's making trillions of dollars. You know, billions, right? And um, and they pay themselves a certain kind of way. You know, if you if anybody you know interested, look up. You know, uh, salaries of um, because not for profits are all uh, up, up transparent. All your financials got to be transparent, right. right? So look up some of the salaries that are, of. Um, you know, uh, the Red Cross or the YMCA and some of them, these people make, they pay themselves like that, 250000 you know, all them numbers. Uh, you know, coming out the dough, you know, you, that's why I say it, it should be based off something you believe in, some passion. But, but I do believe, too, that your gifts... Your talents, your resources—they—they they definitely supposed to provide a way for for you to pay, you know, to live. I agree. You know, so uh, not for profits ain't no ain't no difference. So uh, the steps is is real easy. The difference with a not for profit and a business is you you govern by a board. So if you want to start one, you would be the founder or the chair of that board. You can be chair and CEO, right, and run the company. Um, but you build a board. Of at least uh, uh, at least three people, you got to have a separate secretary, a separate treasurer, that type of thing. Um, and the board helps you guide and build the company, right? You do, uh, you know, create your bylaws, um, you know, and you know, which is just the structure of how the company works, how y'all vote on stuff, that type of thing, um, and it guides you. Um, apply, you know, apply for it. And uh, on the state level, first you want to apply for your not-for-profit status, then you apply for your five hundred one c three, which is the federal recognition, and um, and uh, and go forth and go forth. They also got different organizations, especially if you're trying to do if you're trying to do a not-for-profit and and you really it's something that you really believe in. You want to give back or you want to provide a service to the hood. They got a lot of organizations, a lot of not-for-profits who will help you and walk you through that free of charge. Mm. You know, free of charge. That's good to know, man. Yeah. That's good to know. So uh, basically, man, what, what you got going for the new year? What's happening with uh, Coach Tony? Uh, man, just got my hands in a lot. Got my hands in a lot. You know, I'm also, so outside of, um, you know, what I do with my company uh, and Kinship Village is safe and sound, um, I also... Um, launched with my wife uh, our own black owned line of uh, wine uh, called Lisa Libations we got uh, seven different flavors you know of wine so a company about maybe four months old so okay. we're trying to work to get that off the ground the right way um, do a lot of promoting and event planning so you'll see a lot more of that this year uh, comedy shows spoken word events uh, that type of thing um and then, uh, man, working with my son, man, my son, seven years old, uh, started his own uh, company, t-shirt and hoodie company. Okay. 
Um, so just just working with him, he right. excited about building. So, yeah. So how so how can people get in contact with you? you got an IG, you got a Facebook, got a website, uh, anything all, like that. All that telephone uh, number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, for uh, anything that's related to 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 the safety, the consulting, you know, that's Kinship Villages. So it's um, a uh, a Townsend, my name. A Townsend uh, at kinshipvillages.com. Uh, safe and sound. Uh, so if it's young person, if it's community stuff, if you just need some help trying to get your not-for-profit off the ground, hit me up, right? If you want to partner on some stuff, that's uh, shoot me an email at info uh, at safeandsoundconnect.org uh, or find us on Facebook or Instagram, safeandsound.connect. Um my personal uh, uh, Instagram uh, is Coach Tony Be Like underscore between each letter, or Anthony Townsend on on Facebook. Um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely reach out. Definitely reach out. I I, I believe uh, I believe in my people, man. I believe in helping those that's trying to help themselves. You know, if you ain't ready yet, you, you know. I, I holler at you, but right, yeah. you know, when you get ready. When you get ready, though, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You got somebody that, yeah. that'll show you a little love. Real talk. I, I like that, man. Well, y'all heard it here, yeah. Coach Tony, safe and sound, non for profit, uh, CEO of Kinship Villages. Uh, reach out to him for any kind of safety or risk management concerns. Um, definitely, man. I enjoyed you you coming on today. And I gave up a lot of good information, it. man. We definitely uh, appreciate it. So, yeah, Escaping the Odds, Episode 7. Thank you all for tuning in. As we like to say here, opportunities over penitentiary. So, right y'all take I care. Like Continue to um, check me out on Stitcher, um, on Spotify, Anchor.fm, and anywhere that podcasts are played. So, thanks a lot, and I appreciate you all. Peace. What's free? Free is when nobody else can tell us what to be. Free is when the TV ain't controlling what we see. Told my that I need you. Through all the fame, you know I stay true. Pray my n***a stay free. Made a few mistakes, but this ain't where I want to be. 